we need creativity to help us not only survive, but thrive in our environment. Because creativity is able to deal with change and it is able to adapt to what is going on and what is in front of us. From Comcast NBC Universal Lift Labs, it's Ideas Elevated, the podcast that elevates innovative entrepreneurs and their ideas. I'm Danielle Kahn, the head of Lift Labs, and today's guest is Mir Bashan, award winning creativity expert, author, and founder and CEO of The Creator Mindset. Mir's company harnesses the power of creativity to improve the way we work. His clients include big name companies like EA Sports, JetBlue, Ace Hardware, and so many more. In this episode, Nir and I will discuss why creativity is the key to building a sustainable company, solid leadership, and how you can harness those steps to unlock your creativity and level up you and your business. All that and more now with Nir Bashan on Ideas Elevated. So welcome to the podcast. As we've talked about before, we, we really aim to inspire entrepreneurs that are at many different stages in their in their path and entrepreneurs in large companies to try to take their ideas and their products and their people to the next level. So really excited to have you today. And uh, I definitely connected with your topic. So as a founder yourself, how did the Creator Mindset book and the company come about? Tell us about that. So it's a long story. I'll try to give you the best hits, right? The best hits are that I spent many years, you know, running companies uh, for other people and sort of being a serial entrepreneur, founding companies, running them, selling them and, you know, founding companies, running them and then, you know, crashing into the ground horribly. I don't think we talk enough about that, Danielle. In business today, we, we need to talk more about our failures so that we can all learn from them. You know, everybody is kind of presenting this super polished version of themselves and I don't think it's helpful for, for learning's sake. But anyway, uh, I noticed about six or seven years ago that there was no book out there about the how of creativity. Every book on the market was why. And like, why should you be creative? And it's going to be great. And, and I read them all. And I, I got really excited because I was like, you know, throughout my career, I noticed that people who are creative do well. And people who are not don't do well. And I've worked in Hollywood, but I've also run a furniture refinishing factory. So hmm. I've, I've done a lot of different things. And I've noticed consistently that people are who are creative do well. So I like your listeners, your entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs, right? I found a gap in the market and I took everything I've learned from, you know, working with Woody Harrelson in Hollywood all the way to Rod Stewart in a recording studio. And I took all of these sort of lessons that I've learned, you know, and I put them together in a manual that is a how-to guide of creativity. It came about because I found a gap in the marketplace and I had to fill it. That's fantastic. So yeah, I mean, it's like perfect founder story. And you'll have to tell us as the book continues to grow, like what feedback you get even um, and where you would have even wanted to do better in kind of solving that gap. Your book really resonates with me. Someone who has been labeled as, quote, creative in a business world, which isn't always a good thing. (laughs) Creativity is often seen as a nice to have leadership trait. 
yet you talk about it being the key to success in every workplace, in all industries, and I need to hear more. Yes, it is the most important, in my opinion, uh, work attribute that we can have today. Listen, we are in a world of continual change, right? We have what's going on with the election right now, right? We have COVID. We have all of these things going on throughout the world. And people who are able to, uh, entrepreneurs who are able to do well right now are able to deal with change. And the ability to deal with change is rooted in our ability to tap into our creative side. Look, Danielle, we were all born creative, everybody. Uh, 50, 60, 70,000 years ago, I write in the book about Harriet, and she was the first creative person on earth, right? She's like <laughs> the godmother or whatever of creativity. She was being attacked by a beast, right? It was uh, a dark and stormy night. And, you know, she was in her cave and, you know, there was a beast outside and she was kind of like, you know, trying to protect herself and it was raining and it was flooding and she was 20 and it was horrible because everyone died at like 22 back then. I mean, seriously, like people didn't live long. She was like a grandma (laughs) then, you know. And so, you know, this beast is coming in and it's ferocious and it's fangs and, you know, humans had no chance back then, right? And so she saw a stick kind of floating and it, it was just like a stick she used for hiking. And then she saw like, uh, you know, a berry picker, like a, an arrowhead almost. And she had the world's first creative idea. And so she took the stick and she took the arrowhead and put it on the end and was able to fight off the beast. And then immediately, because creativity is an altruistic and wonderful thing, ran into the village and shared it with her friends and her family and said, hey, you know, this is a method of protecting and preserving our lives. Fast forward 50, 60,000 years later to today, right? And we need creativity to help us not only survive, but thrive in our environment because creativity is able to deal with change and it is able to adapt to what is going on and what is in front of us. So, People who are able to adapt and to do well with what's going on tend to thrive in times like this. There's so many business opportunities right now, Danielle, in our time and in our day for those who are willing to take the opportunity to do something. And and now is one of the best times there is to innovate, to be creative and to go out there and solve problems with a different type of mentality. Let's stay on that path. You say that adversity brings opportunity. COVID-19 has certainly brought unexpected adversity to all organizations of all types and sizes. What are some actionable ways companies can leverage adversity to spur innovation? Yes, yes, absolutely. So because Harriet has installed creativity into all of us, it's in our DNA too. We are as human beings. It is part and parcel to the human experience to be creative. Yet, Today, you know, 50,000 years later, we've kind of favored the analytical side of the brain, right? We think that creativity is not the stuff of seriousness and this and that. But creativity, because it is part and parcel to who we are, it is absolutely free to use. And something your listeners can do today, if they want to become more creative, the the thing that I like to start with, they, they can do this now, right after they listen to this podcast, is to do a little bit more listening. When you listen, you're able to activate the primordial mind that taps into that creativity that Harriet has, and it allows you to become empathetic 
to what somebody's going through. Danielle, I've run quarter billion dollar advertising agencies, right? And I was in rooms with leadership teams and clients, and I literally waited to talk. I'm super embarrassed to tell you this, but you know, I'm in a room, there's 17 people there, and I'm, you know, everybody's kind of briefing and talking about stuff, and I'm literally waiting for them to stop talking or I'm on my phone. Right. And they stop and then I say something and we move on because I think that I'm so much smarter than everyone. But what a mistake that was. What an amazing opportunity I had to become creative and to listen to the input and to really feel and empathize with what people are going through in order to activate a creative mindset and a creative path to solving problems. So one thing your listeners can do today, it costs nothing, and it is incredibly powerful, is to listen internally to the team. Listen externally to customers. What's the market doing? What's it telling you? Those listening skills are so important, and they are so in demand today that just, just listening can spark amazing creativity. And I love that because it's really, it doesn't cost anything to do these things. It doesn't matter if you're a startup founder with a small budget or a big company leader, you can do this for free. Building on that a little bit more, are there other ways that you've seen or you encourage leaders to foster creativity across their company in their own leaders so that they can inspire this mentality among their leadership team and their own teams at all at all levels of the company. Yes. So one thing that I like to talk about with different groups when I'm consulting or uh, when I do workshops for associations or companies is the little victory. Now, the little victory, again, it costs nothing to do. It just is a change of perspective so that you can recognize what's happening and, and extract creativity from it. There was a ice cream salesman many years ago who sold, you know, his goal was analytics. He wanted to sell a lot of machines, and that is a volume goal. And like any business that only stays analytical, it might do well for a while, but it plateaus at some point. I've seen it a hundred times, right? And then at, it plateaus, and then at some point it goes down. You need creativity in order to be competitive in today's marketplace. It's a must. So he, you know, kind of worked the phones and tried to do the whole volumes sales thing, and it didn't do well. It plateaued, and he actually started to do pretty bad. But he saw that there was a restaurant that kept ordering machines, so he had a creative idea. He said, you know what? I'm going to go down there and check it out. He went down there, checked it out. It turned out that there was a line an hour long out the door around the block. And so he stood in line, finally got to the counter, ordered a hamburger, and ate the best cheeseburger he's had in his entire life. And the guy's name was Ray Kroc, and the restaurant was McDonald's. So had he have stuck like your listeners, and and like I've done embarrassingly most of my career, to a one-year, a three-year, a five-year, right? I'm going to get to that target no matter what. If he would have stuck to that target, would we have ever had McDonald's? You know, would that goal have been worthwhile? 
I argue no, because he paid attention to those little breadcrumbs, and those little breadcrumbs took you on a slightly different road. And that is something to be cherished, Danielle. It's something we need. And so as a leader, spreading it out through the organization, if you're able to embed in your team a sense of the little victory and to tell them, guys, this is, yeah, we're on a one-year, we're on a three-year, we're on a five-year, this is great. But what are those little victories that you are getting in procurement? What are they? You know, talk it out get people in a room, get the Zoom going, get the, you know, go to, let's talk about those little victories. And those little breadcrumbs might just push us in a slightly different way. And that is creativity at work. I love that. You know, for people who are more analytical and have more of an analytical mindset, you know, are there tips and tricks for them to stretch that muscle a little bit more and vice versa? For people who are more creative and maybe get feedback or their leaders want to see more analytics, like what's the balancing act there? How do you balance both of those and and show value in a company? It's a great question. I tend to be really popular with accounting groups, with a CFO group. I do work for mortgage uh, uh, groups, uh, banks and stuff. Why? Because I think the message resonates there when, you know, we are so busy, Danielle, you've run companies, you've been very successful. And so you know this, and, and I know it too, because, you know, I fell into this trap. We're so good at looking at our quarterly reports, right? We look at our, our P&L, we see, oh, there's revenue here. Let's increase revenue there somehow, you know? And we spend so much time in Excel that we stop to see that there's so much more behind the numbers. And believe it or not, my message resonates with people who work in numbers all day because they know more than anybody, they know that the numbers aren't telling us the full story. So it really is about understanding that there's a different way to do it and an understanding that it's not about getting rid of analytics. I get this a lot. I I consult with uh, I did a consulting thing last year with a manufacturing company in Colorado. And, you know, they were like, Mira, you know, we do manufacturing. What do you mean? We're not, you know, going to, we're analytical. We do very, you know, parts for the military and, and airlines and stuff like that. They're very niche. We can't throw that away. And I said, guys, you do not have to throw it away. It's about living in balance. And your mind is a wonderful, amazing device. And we've been operating it out of whack for so long because we're loading up the the analytical side and ignoring the creative side. And so really, it's about balancing the two sides and allowing your mind to live harmoniously. There are problems that can never be solved with analytics alone. We're not going to be able to put a woman on Mars through analytics alone. We're not going to be able to solve, you know, cure cancer with analytics alone. There has to be a different way. There has to be the marriage of creativity and analytics in order for humanity, in order for our society to get to the next level. I love that. I also like asking about measurement because, you know, we all get those questions where we work. Um, How do you measure success of this work? Are there KPIs for creativity? Absolutely. You just need to know where to look, right? So the KPIs aren't always in the spreadsheet. They aren't always in the new business uh, folders of what's projected to come in. But what is in there is the relationships. What is in there is the empathy. What is in there is the 
intangibles that are very, very important. The connection to a particular brand or product or service that will end up buying from you or a connection to a particular type of marketplace that is not linear anymore. Danielle, things have completely changed. You you know this, right? The old economy from the 50s and what they teach you in business school, sorry, is, you know, product or service A meets buyer B, they connect and a a sale is made. I haven't done that for 10 years now, right? So I do all kinds of things that, you know, the product or service A connects to J, you know, then it goes to you and then maybe back to B and then maybe there's a sale at the end. Companies that understand that the way that a KPI is being measured today is not the same way that it was even done yesterday. Companies who understand that are going to do extraordinarily well. And people who are still looking for antiquated models of reporting that, you know, are 20, 30, 40 years old in some cases are not going to be able to be flexible enough to do well and to monetize this changing economy. Really well said. On the diversity, equality, and inclusion front, um, which is so important to me personally and our company, you argue that recruiting should also take into account creativity, that soft skills, how people interact, how they work under pressure, all those things should matter when you're selecting your new teammates. In your opinion, like how do companies use your mindset and these tools to hire based on the person, not on the resume? And and what are actually a a specific question? So what should we be looking for beside or instead of an MBA on a resume? Yes, yes. So those are amazing questions. And I love this stuff. I write for recruiter.com and I talk a lot about hiring on the person and not the resume. And it's a slightly unpopular opinion, Danielle, because it takes time energy and money. There are so many people out there who are writing a book, right? Or have a program and they're like, you're going to get rich quick next week. I want to take that program because I want to get rich quick next week. They're like, (laughs) low effort, high reward. Have you ever seen anything like that work ever? No. Because if you have, please call me because I want it. (laughs) I've worked really, really hard. You've worked really hard. Our listeners have worked really hard. So this is a technique that takes a lot of time and it's not easy. Okay. So if you want the quick fix, I'm not the right guy for you. This is a technique that involved a lot of time in researching every single applicant and doing it old school, right? Picking up the phone, listening to what they have to say, finding a way to go beyond the resume. Now, for an applicant, I talk a lot about putting videos together, you know, uploading a YouTube introduction to a job and, you know, so that people can get a flavor of who you are. One of the greatest hidden secrets, Danielle, that creativity can bring to your listeners right now, it's going to take work, but it's still a hidden secret, is to hire from the U.S. military. There are amazing people coming out of the service right now whose resumes have nothing to do with your opening. I'm sorry, it had nothing to do with your opening. But I've hired literally hundreds of military people over the years from every branch, you know, possible from the Marines, the Navy, every Air Force, 
and I put them into roles that have nothing to do with their background, but you have discipline there. You have attention to detail. If you go into the leadership, the officers, then you have big thinking, you have organizational structural thinking, and these are some of the best people. And when I do, you know, my keynotes and lectures and when I consult with companies, I'm constantly asking, you know, hiring managers, HR people, please look for resumes in that sector because the amazing level of talent that exists there is completely untapped. Absolutely agree. Um, our company's done a tremendous amount to, to hire from military um, backgrounds. So many of our leaders um, come from military backgrounds. I absolutely agree. The other the other uh, category, I think, is often under-tapped is communications people. People who have just the, the basic ability of being a great communicator can step into a lot of roles, but completely agree on, on the military front. That's, that's a great point. Uh, you know, we're part of a, a, a very large company, Fortune 30 company. You have worked with a lot of big companies. You don't have to name names and give specific examples, but do you have an anecdote of a success story, someone or a company that really has implemented your concepts is sort of part one of that question. And then part two, like where do you really see as the bigger opportunity in large companies? You know, where where are the holdups happening and where's that blue ocean in your work? Definitely, definitely. So Danielle, I, I consulted with one of the biggest pizza companies in the U.S., and I got together with the leadership team and it was kind of fun, right? It was like, hey, let's have several weeks of looking at an, at our business creatively. Was pizza served at every meeting? Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, yeah. We got to eat your, you got to, you know, you got to live and breathe your brand. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I have a, a system that I teach. It's, it's actually like in the, 15th page of the book, right? I do a little intro and then we dive right in. And the system is the concept, the idea, and the execution. It is a system to manufacture creativity no matter who you are and what you do. So the concept is the largest level of thinking about your product or service. The idea is the middle level, you know, the, the kind of day to day. And the execution is the like specific exact model of what you do. So you know, for a car, the specific model will be the Honda CRV with the, you know, automatic hatchback and the 3.5 liter engine and the XL trim. The idea would be a car or mobility. And the concept would be like, you know, uh, I don't know, some, some really big idea like transportation or some huge realm that can capture that. So we worked for the pizza place and, and, you know, I got up on the whiteboard and did this with their leadership team, uh, wonderful people. And they were like, near, this is great. It's pizza. That's what our concept, our idea and execution is. I was like, well, well time out guys. Like, what do you mean? It's like, you gotta, you gotta like spread this thing out. They're like, We'll spread it out. It's pizza. Okay. It's pizza. That's what we do. We do pizza. I said, okay. All right, guys, let's, you know, let's start to level up here. What about pizza is your idea? And, you know, they were like, okay, fine. We'll do this. You know, you know, he's here. We're paying. He'll do it. So they started to do this thing and they came up with comfort food. And because we talked about Harriet, right? And Harriet embedded creativity into our DNA the DNA of a brand is also embedded in creativity. And I can't tell that brand what their identity is. It has to come from the leadership team. And then once they said comfort food, the CFO said, you know what? 
you know, Herb, you know, Rich in night. Uh, that's not his name, but you know, in nineteen, you know, fifty-two, came over with, you know, Grandma's recipe from Naples, and this went, you know, and they started to get excited, and I could see light bulbs, and I could see creativity being manufactured, and so they started to talk about how important comfort food was, and then somebody in the room said, you know what, bigger than comfort food, our concept is sustenance. And I was like, what? sustenance and somebody else said near there are people who across america get a delivery from us daily daily or else they'd go hungry imagine that danielle i was like really that's you know daily or else they we feed america and i was like wow this is great so we're writing stuff down they're writing stuff down and their concept was sustenance their idea was comfort food and their execution with the double crust stuffed you know meat lovers with cheese and you know cheesy bread or whatever and so i said okay guys now let's look at the idea and start to come up with new and interesting products and these guys were a very big company and i could tell just weights being lifted off shoulders like you know people's face relax and they started to feel a sense of possibility and a sense of that childhood wonderment that we have you know i have a three and a half year old and we order him a toy on amazon the box comes he literally opens the box he takes the toy out of the box and plays with the box for three hours <laughs> every time every time it's crazy yeah. you get all of the little metal pieces off of off of it that have been you know attached to the toy like for the shipping for shipping that that need you know you need basically <laughs> a Swiss army knife totally. to it takes you three days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's, it's incredible. And, you know, I saw these, you know, Harvard MBAs and, you know, really, really serious people who deal with finance all day and, you know, really pressing issues start to just have the weight lifted off their shoulders. And we had fun. We came up with um, a Calzone in that meeting. And I think they've, they've launched it nationally. And what I love about it is throughout the few weeks that I was there, when I finished up, one of the execs said, you know what comfort food to me is? It's chicken soup. Near it's chicken soup. And I was like, that's really not kind of, you know, Italian comfort food. He's like, it's chicken soup. We've got to do something with chicken soup. And he was like really excited about it. And then, chicken soup pizza? Yeah, do right. Who knows? And so I don't know. You know, that's that's a uh, an example of you know, one of these huge, huge companies embracing principles of creativity to innovate products and services that, you know, at first they were like, we do just this near, we do pizza. There's no greater meaning. There's nothing else. And then you just start to peel back the layers like an onion and you find wonderful stories of, you know, a trip from Italy back in the day and a recipe that was amazing and all of these wonderful creative things. I love it. So much fun. This is a great conversation. We have to wrap up, but we first are going to end with a little game called This or That. I'm just going to give you two words. You pick one. Uh, so I'm going to start with Android or iPhone. Android all the way. Karaoke or Quizzo. Quizzo. Millwall or West Ham. Oh, come on. West Ham all the way. Hammers. Win the league. <laughs> Bernadoodle. Labradoodle. Bernadoodles all the way. I have two of them. Oh, brother, so sister. 
One is Waylon Jennings <laughs> and one is Peepaws because when she was a little puppy, she would always pee inside the house and then there'd be <laughs> one paw, one paw in the pee and then you'd see it throughout the house. And you're like, oh, the, uh, Peepaws. <laughs> That's amazing. What's more fun, working in entertainment or consulting business? Consulting, 100%. Oh, talk about that a little bit. It's just fun. You know, entertainment is a great business. I loved it for a while, but the ability to reach more people and to watch people embrace principles of creativity is so much more rewarding in other fields than entertainment. And then last but not least, we're all getting this video Zoom fatigue, whatever you want to call it. What is a, a way that you're staying creative during this time? Digital detox. Near IL is going to kill me, but digital detox is what it's all about. Just stepping away from the device, you know, for a little bit. It's incredibly important to do active rest these days. And active rest means, you know, actively not choosing not to do all of these connected things that we're doing, even if it's five, 10 minutes, uh, hopefully more. Uh, just starting there can yield amazing creative results. This has been Ideas Elevated from Comcast NBC Universal Lift Labs. Be sure to subscribe to the show and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. For more info and to find us on social, head to ComcastNBCULift.com or check out the show notes. Ideas Elevated is a Q9 production. This episode was produced by Kevin Schmidlin with associate production by Catherine Nails, editing and mixing by Max Graham, and theme music by The Last Generation on Film. From Lift Labs, I'm Danielle Kahn. Until next time.